Welcome back to Locked On Cooley. That was not a one-off joke. We're doing it again, and here are the realistic expectations for the best prospect in hockey. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked on Coyotes, your number one daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes and Logan Cooley. I am your host, Robin Leonio, <laughs> alongside Matthew Jacobson. We want to thank Don't you mean the number one Logan Cooley enjoyer? Number one Logan Cooley enjoyer. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. That's, that, that's, that's going to be the official title from now on. <laughs> there we go. The number one Logan Cooley enjoyer. Like, I, I got, I, we were talking about it at work at, in Glendale today. Like, like, how much more of a, of a praise can we get if we're allowed to talk about the Coyotes in Glendale? I apologize. Continue with the intro. I, I had to just, I had to jump in. Uh, well, we, we just want to thank everyone for making this this show your first listen every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube and on the SiriusXM radio app. We're talking about Logan Cooley again today. Um, but today we're going to talk a little bit more about the expectations, realistic expectations. 150 points, right? That's the that's the re- that's the realistic expectation we're talking about. Uh, fifty goals, fifty goals. Right? How about yeah. seventy? You know, let's go with a hundred goals. He only has fifty assists because Jack McBain keeps knocking him in off of his his rear end. That's how McBain's getting all of his points. Just power play screens, right? <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you right there. <laughs> um, we're but, setting yeah, you up for success here on the Locked On Cooley Show. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. Uh, I mean, you all know we are we we are, we are definitely you know huge on Logan Cooley and the uh, and uh, how he's going to be this year. But let's 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 get to those actual like realistic expectations because you know there still is really actually high expectations for him. I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of us really anticipate that Logan Cooley is going to make an impact for the Coyotes right out of the gate. We saw it over the weekend in Australia, and I believe that's just a small taste of what we're going to see this season. Small taste. I, if he manages to do that again at Mullet Arena, like, can, can we – can I start this show off just just stealing a little bit from Petey and breaking down that play? But, like, instead of me being an expert and, like, a former coach, I can just be some jackass that, that likes Logan Cooley. Can, can I, like, start just breaking down that play? If we get – a coast-to-coast spinorama and, and stealing it from Petey. He held on to the puck for like that extra second, which was critical. That hockey IQ falling down, increasing the momentum on the kid's shot goal at Mullet Arena. I am going to take my shirt off and throw it on the ice. All right? I don't care if I get fired. I am going to take off my shirt and throw it on the ice in the name of Logan Cooley because what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm with you. No, no, hundred percent. That that just shows you exactly just like what just this like how like stupid good this kid is, and how everyone's got high expectations, and everyone's being like, "Yo, this 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 kid is going to make some excitement." Um, Mullet Arena, the Mullet Magic is surely going to continue with Logan Cooley um, hitting the ice this year. 
it has to like it remember that that one particular coach that had to say in particular the coyotes didn't have any elite players i i just i'm just gonna say it logan cooley is like all of that if we needed an elite player it's just cooley just send cooley out there a, a little more cooley and he only had the one goal in the two games, I, I went ahead and double-checked the stats. A little bit of live fact-checking showing you we put some effort into the show. But, boy, does that one goal just excite me. Because it, game two was kind of what I, what we predicted here. is a little slower, a little more defensive. Lower scoring, obviously. And I'm going to have to assume, though I didn't get to watch it. I was uh, preoccupied. I'm going to assume that they focus more on Cooley and limiting his chances. And as a rookie in preseason, if you have a defense focusing on you, trying to limit your chances, maybe just maybe you're the best prospect in hockey. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> and, it, and it goes back to what we were saying um, on the la- on just our previous episode. And everydayers know that we talked about this pre- um, you know, all throughout the offseason, really is if you draw the comparison between Logan Cooley and Connor Bedard, people are going to do that. Some people are going to be screaming at us. Why would you compare the two? Connor Bedard is going to be so much better. Blah, 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 blah. Nah, Cooley better. Uh, <laughs> Cooley is better right now because he's, I mean, he had that extra year in Minnesota, which he looked really good, Get you know, taking them as, you know, as far to the national championship game. Mm-hmm. And all that looked fantastic. Um, and is on a team that is more uh, is further along in their rebuild than than uh, Chicago because Chicago is like just starting their rebuild. They're like, are we ready to talk about uh, Dylan Gunther being better than Taylor Hall? Are we, are we, are we ready to? We'll, to we'll, we, we'll get to that later this week. We'll, we'll, we'll get to Dylan Gunther I am just later poking at the bear. I'm, I'm just poking. But, like, no, Cooley did no. better with Gunther. Uh, we will get to – we will do, though. Um, it's a little teaser. We will get to Dylan Gunther later this week uh, as we also do ex- realistic expectations for Dylan Gunther in this upcoming season. But uh, – but Cooley's got it all. I think he's got all the expectations, and we're going to continue these ex- talking about his expectations in just a minute. But first, quick break to hear from our sponsors on today's show. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Oh, gosh darn it. What did I do? <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get into the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel dot com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season FanDuel official partner of the nfl all right matt let's continue talking about realistic expectations for logan cooley because let's i mean let, let, let's 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 do let's do this let's let's just take a look at how he played last last season um at the university of minnesota Perfect. Give us an idea. amazing 
Yeah. <laughs> um, in 39 games played, he scored 60 points, 22 goals, 38 assists, the plus minus of 38. He almost had an assist per game. Now he was playing with what was it? It was a uh, Snuggerud and Nyes, or his line mates. I think it's so, not yeah. bad company. So when you have you know teammates like that, your number is going to be a little higher. This year he's going to have teammates like Kells, Schmaltzy, and uh, Dylan Gunther. So I would not be surprised if the assists stay uh, pretty high. But as someone who got to watch him live, I've told the story multiple times. The 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 the, the Minnesota goal. Or, or the, the Michigan, sorry, the Michigan goal. I was fixing something on the main concourse. I did not get to watch that live. I got to watch the replay. And I'm glad I didn't get to watch it live because I would have died. All right. But with how good he played against ASU, I, 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 I had to hate him for a little bit. I had to hate him for like two and a half hours, especially after that Michigan goal. And, and can I just comment real quick? Uh, I didn't really focus on it when I watched him live, but especially that, that goal, that, that highlight goal, uh, as someone who's not the best when it comes to the mechanics of skating and shooting and whatnot, his skating is excellent. He has oh, a motor fantastic. and a really good stride. Like that is phenomenal. I, I good luck catching him. All right, L- legit good. Like he has these big burly defensemen. All right, if if he takes a hit, he he might go down for a little bit. Good luck catching him. He's basically Sonic on skates. This kid is ridiculous. And, no, no, he's he's hundred <laughs> percent got the agility. Um, and, uh, his, his, uh, his transition game on skates is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He just looks great when he's skate, skating out there, which is a lot to say for a, um, for a 19 year old prospect. Yeah. He's still a teenager. All right. And at, at the U 20 world juniors last year, seven in seven games, seven goals, seven assists, 14 points. He was among the best that entire tournament. And it is just it's ridiculous how kind of consistently good because obviously these are lesser leagues or development programs, so grain of salt. But with the U.S. national development team, uh, the different junior teams he played on, then of course, like his, his 15, 14, and 16 seasons were also really good. He's maintained pretty much throughout his entire hockey playing career uh, at or, or above a point per game. I think he's only had two seasons or little tournaments where he didn't have a point per game. This kid is ridiculously consistent. And the fact that any of this is translating at any level to any degree in the preseason against NHL competition against guys that are either going to make the roster or are in heavy competition to make the roster. That is ridiculous. This kid oh, it is. is ridiculous. Robin, Give give me a couple extra points you got. All right, I, I've been talking too much on this episode of Locked On Cooley. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I I you know I'm taking just look at all his stats, and you're right. I think even the year leading up into his draft, I was like, go, going into the mock draft, I was like, all right, the Coyotes have to pick this kid because take a look at where you know I think it was like, um. 100 it was it was like 90 whatever points in like 60 games or something like that or whatever like four, even like 40 games or whatever played um between the ushl and the world juniors and the the ntdp and everything like that so it was like he was just freaking all over the place and doing just doing everything right mm-hmm. uh and he just continues to look better but here's the thing that i think he's worked on 
um, he looked great when he first got drafted and we went in the first prospect camp. And I still believe that it's, he's going to be huge on this in this upcoming season. Logan Cooley, and I cannot stress this enough, Matthew, is a face-off master. I feel like at center, he will be he, he, like he will really fit in well right there as it'll work. It'll just work. I can't comment too much because now that you mentioned it, I haven't really paid attention to the face-off circle. That's a weird thing to say watching a center. All right, I, I acknowledge that. But I do remember, at least in the rookie practices, he was very solid. But I, I don't think I've actually paid attention too much into the face-off dot. So uh, that's extra insight that you only get from Robin because I just like the fast, fast spinorama stuff. You got to take a look at as, as, as all the skills you can get. I love the skating too. Don't get me wrong. Like, like I could watch players do those crazy, you know, acrobatic skating any day any day and it's just it, it that just excites me but but when you can get someone who's 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 good in the face off dot good you know good shots and good skating logan cooley has it all you know what who I, you know who this sounds like 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 a little bit this sounds like me minus the skating i must preface minus the skating this sounds like me trying to defend uh dylan strome back in like 2018 where I was like, dude, this kid is excellent in the face-off circle because he was. He was among the league leaders, all right? So you get that kid with probably all the upside Stromer had with the skating ability and, like, multiply that. What, at what degree? Three, four, five? Somewhat, what was the multiplication on this? You, I don't even know. But you didn't remind <laughs> me of something, though. Because of all this, like... In terms of prospects, Arizona Coyotes prospects drafted in the first round, more specifically, drafted in the first round, drafted in the top five. Mm-hmm. Is there a, has there been a more anticipated prospect to hit the ice for the regular season? I remember Turris and Mueller having a lot of hype, especially Turris. I, I, I remember there being a lot for Turris. I. I don't remember how quickly Blake Wheeler said he wasn't showing up, but I do remember there was positive talk about Wheeler. I think that was mostly national. And other than that, no one's really coming to mind like immediately. There's there have been good prospects. I do remember guys like Dylan Strom had some hype. Victor Soderstrom, there was a lot of interest. I, I was covering the team at the time and I was also writing There's a lot a of lot interest. Of, a lot of criticism. I remember that. Clayton when they drafted Clayton Kelly, there was a lot of criticism about that one. That's interesting. Uh, Definitely. Then again, I criticized him a year too. So like, I can't, I can't like throw too much. I mean, he, cr- you know. he got criticism, but he also got praise. I mean, again, he got drafted. He's got, he got drafted in the top 10 for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, the year he was drafted, but still it's, it's interesting. Th- interesting thought that you compared maybe the anticipation. Um, but I, I think without a doubt, the most anticipated prospect that we've had in a long time. Um, and I think there's a reason why, you know, we're so excited. Coyotes fans all over the place are so excited. Um, Can I add to that? Can I just say he is the most anticipated prospect in Coyotes history? Because no one else comes to mind. Like, I, it, people that didn't grow up, you know, watch the team around 07, 08, would be like, oh, why would you say Kyle Turris or Peter Mueller? But there was a lot of hype. But I don't remember how much of that, because I was a kid, how much of that was just, 
the fans wanting something to hope for versus how much like real hype. I have never heard of a single Coyotes prospect get this much hype. And we've had, we've drafted guys like Daniel Briere, who I think he took a few years to develop, but excellent kid, excellent uh, player. Kid, he's like 40 or 50 now, but excellent player at, at the time. So it's like, I, I can't think of anyone, even Keller. No, I don't think anyone expected Keller to be above a point per game at any point in his career. I, I thought, I think like 65 to 70 is probably what anyone thought would be like his max. And I might be inflating because he had a 65 yeah. point rookie season. No one else has generated yeah. this kind of hype. Hayton was also criticized, and now he was nearly first round draft pick. So, like, he was criticized where Soderstrom was like praised. Like, I, I, like I, said, I remember that I was writing and doing videos at the time. The amount of people like, oh, hey, can you get footage of, of Soderstrom? Can you talk about Soderstrom? Like, like I, I've seen a little bit of hype for some prospects, never like this, never national attention, never the NHL socials talking about him, never national media talking about him. Like, I, I cannot for the life of me remember a prospect like that unless like you know and Keller got hyped that I don't remember and it's amazing too that you know especially since you know I think the uh the players that were drafted first and second overall mm-hmm. um in that year's draft I don't hear much of news about either of them are we talking about Nemitz and uh Slavkovsky yeah I don't hear much about Nemitz or, or Slavkovsky at all I mean, there's probably a couple of reasons for that logically, but also uh, Logan Cooley got headlines all throughout his college year. He got headlines in the offseason. Whenever he decided to go back to college, he got headlines. Like, he got headlines all the way throughout it, and that's not taking anything away from Nemitz. He's probably going to be a very good defenseman. Defensemen take longer. Uh, Slavkovsky yes. definitely struggled, so he'll, he'll have to work through some things. He'll probably be a good NHLer. But the fact that the Coyote among the top three is the one we're still talking about, like – that in and of itself, I, I know the Coyotes, everyone's desperate to cover them from a negative angle because it gets clicks. Obviously it does because everyone constantly talks about it. But when it comes to positive stories, it sticks out to me more because how often are we really going to get that? Yet it's been pretty consistent with Cooley. And, and that I think that's raising the expectations. And speaking of expectations, I feel like we've got a little far off. Do you want to... Both of us kind of get back on course with the yeah, real let's get, expectations let's, should so, be. <laughs> let's do that. So let's let's talk about um, – let's start off with maybe a uh, – get actual expectations for the season. So maybe a stat line that's going to st- – that what you think will stick out to you? I think I am going to look at both of the other Coyotes' third overalls and their rookie season. So I can I can make some definitive statements. I want to make some definitive statements. That's what we do here on Locked On Cooley. We only That's talk right. in definitive. So, uh, Kyle Turris, third overall in 2007. His rookie season of 708. He only played three games. 08, 09. 63 games, eight goals, 12 assists, 20 points. I do remember him struggling. They bring in uh, Tippett. He wanted to send him down. It caused some rifts. He, he goes elsewhere. Uh, that also was a little factoid brought to you by uh, Steve Peters. I was watching him earlier. Uh, thank you, Petey. Uh, the first season for Stromer. 17-18, 21 games, 4 goals, 5 assists, 9 points. He never had a season with more than 21 games. I can definitively say Logan Cooley will have the best rookie season of any Coyotes third overall selection. I, I was hoping it'd be a little more controversial. I was hoping Turris had a better rookie season. But let's say 
What was Keller's? I want to look at Keller's line because uh, that's that's really going to be. You give me your stat line, but I look at Clayton Keller's. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just say probably that whew, Logan Cooley is gonna be. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him over a point per game. I'm gonna give him a point per game. I'm gonna give him a point per game. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a point per game. About eighty-two, about, about like eighty, floating around the eighty point points this year. Seventeen, eighteen kills, had twenty-three goals, forty-two assists, sixty-five points, and that was his best goal total until he was almost a thirty-goal scorer two seasons ago, and he missed the games with that injury. I think, given the, I think given, just trying to draw a similarity for what I'm trying to expect, looking at how consistent Cooley's been around a point per game. Rookies, you you tend to see really big rookie years and then really bad huge rookie you know, years, sophomore years drop offs for sophomores. Yeah. So, let's say he will have twenty five goals and about fifty assists. I'll put him at about seventy five points, a little under a point per game. That's uh, fair. That's we're fair. still we're still rebuilding, and he still needs to solidify his role. I do like how Turnier made him the second line. Because Kraus, Michelle, and Bukestad, they're going to get their points. I feel like having that be your, your top nine anchor, phenomenal, because you give Cooley more of an opportunity, more ice time with Gunther and uh, Zucker. Having a guy like Zucker, that's a finisher, so Cooley can condition the puck. Gunther is also a finisher who has a, a pretty a decent pass. That should generate some stuff. You're going to see Gunther probably – he's going to play at the AHL at some point in the season. I feel like he's going to have to play the AHL – work his way up to that NHL role, and you're going to have him be a full-time NHL or by next year. So he's going to have a little bit of, just, just to set it up, a little bit of like alternating line mates, maybe a Carcone on his line, and Carcone has some offensive upside. He'll he'll get his assists. His goals might be a little less. Than, I wanted to say 30. I desperately wanted to say 30, but I'm like, something tells me he'll be a little shy, and that might be unrealistic. But I think 20 goals should be more than doable for him with how good he's been consistently. And how we get a taste, how he's showing how good he can be at the NHL level. Only preseason, so taper it a little bit around 25 goals, but I'll give him 50 assists. I think he could, he could do that, especially if he gets power play time. I feel like that's really fair. Um, I'm I'm just trying to take. I mean, I, I'm I guess I'm being a little more optimistic. I was trying to be a little more optimistic. I'm just like <laughs> I no because I'm just because my 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 thought process here, Matthew, is you know what I don't care. Because Logan Cooley, either way, finalist, maybe even the winner of the Calder Trophy. As long as he doesn't get injured this season, Matias Michelli, not blaming you for the injury, just giving the, the example, uh, he will be top two. If he does not get injured, he will be top two. Uh, if Bedard has a good season, he's going to win it because it's Connor Bedard. I already feel like that one's kind of not bought and paid for, but like decided. Like I, that one is decided. See, what I want to see... And again, I know we're talking about realistic expectations, but it could it could still be a realistic expectation. What mm-hmm. I want to see is just a um like like I want to make it so like it's really hard like cuz like you said, Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard has a good season, then that's he's pretty much going to get it. But mm-hmm. I just want to see like Logan Cooley like have so good of a season that they can't not give it to him. If he's gonna like legitimately, if he he's gonna need ninety points, I, I'm just I, I to me just with how much hype Bedard has in a big market, he is 
the best prospect we've seen since McDavid. Like those aren't hyperbolic things to say. Um, just realistically, uh, unless Cooley has like this phenomenal like ninety point season, I just don't see it. He'll be a finalist, and I'm going to keep pushing the the Cooley for Calder narrative. I will do that all season, but it, you can refer back to this. You know, at the end of the season, I think unless he has like a ninety point season, he's not getting it. So, hey Logan, you want to go for a hundred points? Hey, you want to go for like forty goals this year and and be like, I'm winning this because if you do that, like, like. I'm basically a day oneer. Like I got this Honestly, before no, you played if, the NHL game. <laughs> that's amazing, though. If like if Logan Cooley goes for a hundred points, not only would be the first rookie to reach that for the Coyotes, he'd be the first player for the Coyotes' history to reach that. <laughs> <laughs> if he hits ninety, he'll be the first Coyote to ever reach that. Unless Clayton Keller says, "Hold my beer," and gets ninety first, which I think Keller is going to remain unless an 80 some, to 85 unless player. Keller and Cooley work so well together, they actually that they both get that high. I, you know what? Actually, I, I, I want this on record too. I want Hayton kicked off the first line. Not for the reasons you might think. A lot of fans still, like, I don't get it. I do not get the hate for Hayton. I don't understand it. This is also touched on by PD today, but I've, I've been feeling like this for a long time now. He is a very good two-way center. That, as a second-line center, would be great. A little less expectation. And you can play him with, like, Carconi and Zucker. I want Hayton on the second line because I want him to just get left the hell alone. And then it opens up Cooley to open, have this phenomenal pairing with Kells and, and Schmaltzy. I think that line, if Schmaltzy stays healthy, can generate three 70-point scores. I'm just, so just going to say it. <laughs> it will be, that will be such a good freaking line. But it would have to be over a full season. Over a full yeah. season – and Schmalzi staying healthy, I genuinely believe that can generate three yeah. seventy point scores. But we Keller's all already almost how, ninety. <laughs> we all know how much uh, how, how much Tourney loves to um, shift, you know, like sh- you know, shift around the lines a lot. He does it, but not to the extent like Tockett did. Like he actually, you have a really Talkett good line. Somehow, keep some, them together. Sometimes somehow have Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz on the fourth line, even though they get third first line minutes. I'm like, what I. What? Remember, we don't we don't we don't talk about the talking era. I apologize. I didn't mean to bring up Baldy Locks anyway. But seriously, like like the Turnier tends to keep his guys together, not out of stubbornness, but out of this is working. I'm not going to ruin this. But he is willing to shake them up. They will get changed every now and again. But Bukestad, Kraus, and and uh, Michelli that stayed together as long as it possibly could once that started clicking, and you pretty much just swapped it out for McBain whenever Bukestad was traded. I, I just I think that if, if Cooley earns it, which it looks like he might, but he's still not going to start off on the first line, nor should he. But I think if Cooley earns it, you send him to the first line, hate him to the second. People can leave the kid alone because he's a very good player, and I don't understand the hate for him. Genuinely don't, especially with his defensive responsibility and being solid enough in the faceoff circle. All right, I don't pay that much attention, but when I do, the kid's solid enough. He holds his own. I, I, I feel like that's going to be the most optimal pairings. And then, of course, you have, like, Bukestad, Kraus, and Michelli as your third line, and who the hell is competing with that? Like, the, the, the fact that play, uh, players like Gunther might not make the team, and, and we're trying to figure out who's going to be the, the, like, the second line because there's a couple of good options, it just shows how much deeper the team is, and Cooley, in my opinion, is a lock for the top six. 
I just oh 100%. It, it's his to lose. You're, he he's not coming here out of like out of college to go to the AHL. That's just basic logic. I don't see him not making the team unless the oh, kid no. just shows up tomorrow and is like, you know what, coach, screw you. I'm not gonna do what you want. I'm just gonna do what I want. And I don't think Cooley's gonna do that. I I'm, no. I don't think he's gonna do that. We've we've seen the you know overall Cooley like he seems to be very more in line of like yeah I'm like I want to be here in Arizona and I'm gonna mm-hmm. you know show that I show that I belong and show that I'm you know. It show that I do want to be here. Um, I think it's the most important part, and I think that's what uh, that's what's going to be showing for Cooley. Um, and uh, you know, our expectations for his season. Uh, be sure to you know everyone who's listening that if you stick around uh, all this week and all next week, we're going to get through expectations for uh, more than just Cooley. All the uh, like all the big prospects and even some of the other prospects for the um, or even even other players. For Unfortunately, the no Liam Kirk. No, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately rip, for me. Rip, rip. Um, <laughs> but as we get and then as we get much, much closer to the start of the regular season, we'll also do just a overall team expectation, which will be which will be fun. But that's coming now that, that that's in a couple weeks, but we'll get to all the players. That's a little teaser for you guys. But that's gonna be it for today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes. Locked on Cooley podcast. There you like go. Don't forget to leave a review. <laughs> Don't forget just to uh, subscribe and uh, like, comment if you've yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcast, on, including on YouTube and the Sirius XM radio app. Don't forget to interact with us on social media or on Facebook, facebook.com slash locked on coyotes and on x at lo underscore coyotes i am personally at robin underscore leonio interact with us ask a question you might have you might answer right back or on a future episode of the locked on coyotes podcast thanks again everyone for listening to today's episode hope you guys staying safe out there hope you guys staying healthy and don't forget to howl on 